Welcome to another edition of the Tiskin Podcast. This is another in my one-on-one series with Top Thousand Suns players, and this time we have Matthew Ali, who is fresh off his win at the Dallas Open in 2019. Uh, he took a very unconventional Rubric Marine infantry list, uh, featured tons of Rubric Marines. Um, <clears throat> he had some Zangors in there, he had a bunch of Smites from characters, so he had a couple Terminator Sorcerers, a couple Demon Princes, things like that. Uh, so you're probably wondering how the heck did he win a GT with this list? Well, here we go. All right, Matthew, welcome. Thank and you. thanks for, thanks for taking some time to talk some thousand suns, man. Yeah. Thousand suns. That's where it's at. Yeah, it is. Apparently <laughs> who knew <laughs> and congrats on uh, winning Dallas, uh, this past weekend. Thank you. I, it's, uh, it's a nice win with all these shitty rubrics. <laughs> so we should probably jump right into that. Like, what what were you thinking with, like, this list? Like, at what point were you like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to take a bunch of rubrics to Dallas. Uh, well, I've been trying to just play rubrics for the hell of it. Uh, I was just I, – I didn't expect to win with, you know, 700 points of rubrics. But, you know, I was like, why not? Let's see how far we can go. Let's see if we control some people I know, too. <laughs> That's awesome. So when you were putting the list together, were you just trying to put as many casts, like psychic casts into the list? Um, yeah, more or less. It was just kind of maxing out uh, as many command points, getting as many casts I could again in there. Um, just generally, just generally as many rubrics as I can fit in there and not be completely awful. Gotcha. So you also had a couple. So for those who aren't familiar with your list, you had a demon print, a couple demon princes, right? Aramon, um, all the rubric squads, uh, and then you had it. So in three battalions, you filled out pretty much all but two slots, if I remember correctly, uh, with rubric squads, and then the last two were just a couple big Zangor blobs. Yeah, there were seven uh, rubric squads and then two big Zangor squads. Very cool. So. I mean, like how, I think the question that probably comes up most when people saw your list was just like, how were you using those rubric marines? <laughs> uh, not how people would think. Everyone kept asking, was like, oh, is the Bolter beta rule good? I was like, I was rarely ever shooting with those models. Uh, they pretty much uh, hid in buildings out of line of sight and just kind of protected the characters. Uh, they, they, they died so I could push out with the characters and have them not be shot from time to time. They kind of held their ground, but for the most part, they're really just there for line of sight shenanigans. And did you find that the, um, the terrain at Dallas, I think we had um, two setups on the tables. One, one had these like really tall L shaped line of sight blocking walls, uh, which for like reference were big enough that I think you could hide Magnus behind one of them. Uh, One table. Yeah. And then they had another one that had a whole, I think it was designed after one of the tables at Nova that had a bunch of, it was like this weird square rectangular thing with a wall down the middle of it. And I guess it was supposed to block all line of sight. <laughs> it did. The, all those tables I played on blocked line of sight fantastically in the middle. And I pretty much was able in almost every single game throw rubrics into the middle of every board I played and at least angle it. So even if I was losing rubrics, there was never going to be an angle to actually shoot and kill the rubrics and then kill my characters. 
So I noticed um, your your matchups. You faced Knights, Knights, Custodes, Admech, and Yanari. Um, that's a pretty diverse, except for the couple Knights, that's a pretty diverse group there. Um, I would think that probably the one match, the two matchups actually were towards the end that probably have you worried there uh, with how much shooting like the Admech armies could have. Like David's Admech army had a ton of, he had the three Dune Crawlers and um, uh, he had a ton of shooting in that list. And then the Yanari lists always have, I mean, you know, double shooting Reapers. How, um, I guess, of all the armies you faced, like which one was the one that actually gave you the most trouble? Uh, definitely the double spear one. Uh, spears are just, even a single unit of spears could easily kill about almost my entire army just because I can't really screen them out and they can just do all the double move shenanigans past me. Uh, for that game, I mean, I honestly, right from the beginning, I had to like over a 50-50 play against them. Uh, I had the option to go second and I knew like, he actually deployed uh, some flyers nearby, and I was like, I gotta just start killing stuff now immediately. So I took the first turn, I killed two flyers off, and I actually baited all like a unit of spears into a fully buffed uh, demon prince. Uh, pretty much the three up involved, minus one to hit and minus one damage taken all at once. Uh, I was hoping it didn't get doomed, but it did get doomed, and it cut the game down to like a 50 50 with survive the spears. I just needed to pull his spears in the middle of my army so I could smite him out. And it worked out. He survived with one wound, just barely. And I was able to take out the first spear unit. It's, it still was super hard from there because the second spear unit, I had to drop all of my Zangras at once so he couldn't just jump past all of my stuff and then kill my characters. And he managed to kill every Zangor and like one of my Demon Princes and half my Rubik's on like one turn. I was like, oh, man. crap. Yeah. This isn't good. Right? But I basically positioned it so that his spear unit was stuck in the middle of my army. His second one was stuck in the middle of my army, and then I smited that one out. So then it was just down to a couple flyers and his characters versus my characters and like 10 rubrics. Yeah. And that I, was I, more of a closer one. I apologize. I, when I looked at the, the list initially, I just kind of assumed that he had the Reapers in there when I saw, you know, your <laughs> brain and that stuff. But I noticed he, he had the two spear squads, and then he had the two Crimson Hunter Exarchs, and then the uh, the three... Uh, razor wings so he could he could vex stuff uh, not that um you know with all the stuff that you had most of it i would assume would be like one command point like hey maybe i'll do plus two vected me. Kind of stuff. <laughs> did he well what did, yeah. what did he get you on uh he vected me on my auto pass morale my zangors uh that's ah. how he killed the zangors i put through much through him down there because i was like i'm hoping one survives or he basically commits uses all his uses his effect and the to kill them both he would have to like vect and throw everything at him and commit his spears and keep them in the middle of my army. But if gotcha. he didn't do that, I was just going to throw like 20 Zangors at him next turn and just wipe out every character he had. Did you end up um, ever like deep striking uh, the Zangors uh, at any point or like using Dark Matter Crystal? Uh, I just, I did, I had it in every game, but I just deep struck the Zangors normally usually. Um, the only times I used the Dark Matter Crystal was to like teleport a Rubik Squad near the middle of the board. So for like line of sight stuff, but then they couldn't make it normally. Gotcha. So your whole your whole deal was to put something like right out really close to them so that you could pretty much have as much board space to just run around and get line of you know, positioning or use line of sight with your smites to to get what to what you need, if I'm following. Exactly. Like turn one, I would just throw a Rubik squad with either running up, warp timing them, or dark battering them. Um, 
just near the enemy, cover my flanks, and just advance all of, like the characters up, smite out like the first stuff they have I can see, but usually taking like the middle of the board doing that. The second turn, that's when the Zangors came down. I buffed them up. On the, I only threw one at a time usually, ideally at, a, at one at a time. That way, the only thing they had to shoot on my turn, on their turn, was the Zangors, because all the Rubik's would hide. The Zangors would be the only targeted that they could shoot. And for the most part, they can survive just by any army, just to the face. And for two command points, you're just like, cool, you didn't kill anything on your turn. Right. Um, yeah. So the one of the other things I noticed was you had... Um, you, you took one of the options on the Exalted Sorcerers where he could take the two power swords. <laughs> I'm guessing you probably put the Seer's Bane on that guy? Yeah, I play with him every game. Um, it, mostly it's for rule of cool, but there are some really, really cool stuff you can do. Like, if you throw with the, the Seer's Bane and, like, uh, Demonic Strength, you can you can kill about half a night with that guy without too much issues. Now, how does... So, for, for folks who... I mean, that, that relic you almost never see on the table. So how does that actually work? Uh, so pretty much against Leadership 9 or Cyphers, it'll bump him up to Strength 8, or just it doubles his Strength. Um, so he'll start. It's basically like a Power Fist without a negative hit modifier. Uh, I kept throwing Buno Mutation on him to try to roll into the plus 1 damage. So it was going to be, but with Demonic Strength, you're against Leadership 9 thing, like a Knight, you're hitting at Strength 12, AP 3, 6 attacks are basically auto-hitting. You can give him Veterans Long Wars. So you're wounding everything on twos. Usually ends up, you know, five, six wounds that are doing D3 plus one damage. That's awesome. Yeah. So so that's another thing we don't see players uh, – at least I don't see players do quite often is Buna uh, Mutation. So it sounds like for the before he gets into battle, he's just basically sitting there casting that on himself, just like pumping himself up, you know, like warp steroids basically. Yeah, ideally I have one of the Rubik squads casting it just because they're always hiding stuff. They're hiding around, not doing anything. Um, uh, he'll cast yeah. on himself. But the only really power you really want is the plus one damage. Other ones are useless for the most part. But the plus one damage makes it so if he hits anything as leadership nine or a psyker, he usually one shots it. Yeah, I would imagine like Necrons, Knights, you know, stuff like that. That's That's really high like that. It's just kind of like game on. Yeah, I'm not going to say he's like super amazing or anything, but in the right scenarios, he definitely carries his weight. Yeah, and for sure. He, he smites. He's, he's he's just running around smiting people. So, um, so kind of digging a little bit on that, um, like how, like let's take the Yanari matchup for that. If, are your psychic powers like usually set in stone for the most part, and then you just kind of flip a couple? where you need um yeah. or it, so yeah yeah uh the entire tournament i didn't change my psychic powers i think at one point i put death hex on airman but i don't even know if i used it uh for the most part i tried to smite once with every character and then use their second power to do something else gotcha so you're you pretty much just kind of it sounds like you you have a you have kind of like that fix where you just you know, on this Rubik's Crowd, I've got the Boon Imitation, and then, you know, you know where they need to go and then where they need to be around those other guys to to, to cast it. Yeah. Um, have you thought about, just out of curiosity, like, um, do the things like the Shamans and I guess the Mutilith Vortex Beasts, do they just kind of just not fit the MO of the list, or are they things that you just can't, you can't quite come to bear to, 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 to play at the moment? 
Um, I could definitely see using the shaman. I think he has his uses. Um, my biggest issue with him is he's 90 points and he's not HQ, so it really starts to take away from your command points and stuff. He's kind of an HQ that doesn't work towards a battalion. Yeah. Um, he also has to be really close to the enemy. He doesn't really want to be there. He's really squishy. He's only casting once compared to twice for the same points on Metal the Sorcerer. Um, but he has his uses because it's a, he automatically casts Prussians basically with them on his Angor unit. That's basically what he is. Mm -hmm. uh, so if I saw him on a table, I'd be like, that's completely legitimate. Um, the Mutalith, though, I don't... He just doesn't really have a place. I mean, the best thing he does is he's pretty durable for his points. But beyond that, we don't... There's nothing in Thousand Suns that kind of runs as like a monster mash thing to like kind of hit that target saturation that they were working. Right. So he kind of he kind of just ends up for his points just being kind of odd man out when you'd you'd rather take like either another rubric squad or another sorcerer to to you know just kind of double down on what your strategy is. Yeah, and unless you have a bunch of other tanks in the list, there's just not a reason to take him. Um, his offensive power is all right. I mean. You look on paper, and you're like, you take three of them, you can start getting like the AOE, like Mortal Wound thing. That looks really nice until like you realize you got to get there. Your opponent might just have one big unit in the middle, and you're like, oh well, that's sad. It's like he hits a knight, you're like, that ain't gonna do anything. Nope, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, do you? Um, so I take it the other thing with like the the shaman is your your Zangor seem to be mostly there for like screening out but harassment too kind of like box i would almost assume you could almost use them as like boxing in your opponent to sort of corralling them into certain They're, directions if you want to i would actually call them almost like the catch 22 of the list is if they put out chaff in front of their army to stop the smites i hit them with the zangors slaughter all the chaff and sometimes just double swing into stuff they don't want me to and tie mm. a bunch of stuff like sometimes i i might not even kill all their chaff i might purposely not charge something or declare as a charge target just to surround it so I can have 30 Zangors in the middle of their army. It's that one of like, it just kind of creates a catch 22 with the smites. Uh, it also kills all the chaff, so the proceed next turns after that, they've got nothing to stop like the 10, 20 mortal wounds that are coming in by the turn. So I noticed you run, them, you run them at like 29 and 27. You probably pulled a couple out of that other blob just for some points elsewhere. Um, yeah. Do you think 30 is the, the right way to run them, or do you think maybe like 20, 25 is, is doable? Definitely 30. Well, you can only really get about 20 into like a target, honestly. Uh, they're really unwieldy because they're large bases. I'm sure we've all found that out. Yep. Uh, you can really start assaulting lots of different things at once. You can also screen all your, all your characters while assaulting, which is honestly a lot. Usually what I did, I would just only have like 15 hit in the enemy lines. Well, I had a long line just completely coming back to all my characters and circling them against like the flyers and stuff. Gotcha. Um, what about uh, just kind of jumping all over here, just questions that are coming up. Um, what did you do for secondaries? Like um, if I remember right, when we were chatting at the, uh, at the event, um, were you taking engineers on the rubrics? Yeah. Uh, I was using that pretty much most of my games. It worked out fantastically because no one really has time to, or a, any units they can commit to go kill like 10 Rubik's sitting on your objective. Uh, <laughs> I'd know my sec my fourth round opponent threw a Kalexis back there and it just didn't do anything because it hit a four up in squad. And I was like, we're just, I just surrounded him with like five Rubik's and we're just going to sit there for like five rounds of combat. 
<laughs> so you got into assault with the uh, uh, oh, yeah. with the Alexis, and they're just sitting there like, all right, well, we're just going to chill here all game. I, I assault all the time with Rubik's. I don't expect to kill anything, but I'll tie things up just to sit and comment and be like, congrats, you can't shoot my characters, or you're not killing those <laughs> Rubik's. They're just sitting on an objective. It's fine. Yeah, so it's like the uh, the boxer, the boxing move where you just you tie up your opponent, right? <laughs> yeah, you're just like grappling him. You're like, nope, this is it. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, what uh, you you also, I guess, I owe you kind of a belated congrats on LVO as well, because yeah. you you made a top eight this year. Uh, yeah. It, well, it should have been top eight. It was top ten because of the the bonus round. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, but gotcha. I didn't go to the quarterfinals. I, I had to sell my cell to play Inari, but I was like, nah. My one, my gluten one, like uh, national event. I'll, I'll bring the hardest list I got. Very cool. And last year, if I remember right, you were, you kind of, um, you had, you played a couple armies. I remember you kind of were playing, I think, Jukari for the most most part. And then you, you made the switch, I think, like halfway through the season to Thousand Suns and yeah. did quite well with Thousand Suns there. Um, and, and at the time you were running the, the drills with the Rubric Marines. <laughs> What uh, what made you switch from the drills to just like flat out the list you got right now, which is just like tons of character or tons of tons of rubrics, basically? Yeah, um, I suppose because I wanted to go pure thousand cents. My other one before uh, had chaos space rings in it, and it had like cultists in there to like do the cultist bomb to delete a bunch of chaff. Ah, uh-huh. um, yeah. I, I could have put the drills in, but that would have like cut into my command points quite a bit. And honestly, this list was more to just be like, I'm bringing 700 points of rubrics just to troll people. <laughs> I mean, the drills would have been a little bit better, I'll be honest. But just being, being like, even if I had gone forward, I'd be like, I went four and one with 35 rubrics. What's up? Did like at what point were you just like I can't believe this is actually working? <laughs> Probably on like the end of day three. I was just like I this doesn't make sense. This is working. Like I sh- I was not supposed to go three and zero at this point. And I was like I figured I was going to lose the next game since I had a fifty fifty chance of playing Nick Rose playing Gene Slayer Call. And I was like he has every trick in the book to kill my characters. It's yeah over at that point. Uh, and I barely dodged him. And he was playing on the table right next to you, if I remember oh, yeah. right, in the in the finals. So he's he's looking over at your match, and uh, <laughs> so you kind of I think you you leapfrogged him there right at the end to 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 pull that off, like three or four points or so. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, we were leapfrogging each other all tournament. He he was under me with the game before, and then he was above me, and then I leapfrogged him again at the end. It's very cool. Um, so. Kind of getting back to like the matchups. Um, when you were fighting, so you fought knights early on. Was that pretty much just, hey, deal with all my deal with all my uh, zangors? I'm gonna hide everything in cover, and they had nothing. Like, was there a point where they just had nothing to shoot at? Uh, I mean, they always had something to shoot at. I couldn't really like keep the zangors in combat, but for the most part, I was able to drop a knight a turn. Uh, just as like a general Smites. overview. Uh, the assassins pretty much got eaten alive by the Zangors, anything they got touched. They both had Kalexuses, but they both immediately got hit by the Zangors. And the Zangors just, with Prescience up, just cut right through a Kalexus. Wow. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, they couldn't get through like the Zangors fast enough. They would kill about like 
two-thirds of it. I'd spend two command points to keep them alive. They wouldn't even kill anything on their turn. I would smite out another knight, and they'd kill those next... I would drop the next Zangor unit in. They'd do the same thing, and I'd kill another knight. And so by the time they killed the Zangors, it'd be like one knight alive. Maybe like one and a half. And so we're from like a target priority, were you looking at the knights... Um, not, not seeing their lists here, but... Uh, I would imagine they probably have like iron storm pods on there so they could hit you when you're in, when you're in cover. Um, were you even worried about that? Nah, or? those don't do much. I mean, you, you, in cover, you have a three up save on your rubrics. They're doing like three saves. You're like, cool. A rubric died or whatever. <laughs> That's very cool. Um, I was honestly surprised at how well I did against knights. I, I, it, it, I kind of figured I'd have a harder time, but between the, uh, the Sears Bane, HQ, the, the Sears being exalted, and all the smites, I was kind of just dropping them too fast. Like he had no, they had no real way of getting through all the rubrics and all the Zangors before they were all dead. Really. Yeah. Were you, uh, by the way, were you taking, um, uh, or did you, did you ever find it useful to take the Helm of the Third Eye to get some command point generation, or at like 15 or 18 that you have, is is that pretty much all you need? Uh, for that list, it's all I need. I, absolutely. Um, the issue is it would have cost me the two command points to put it in because I want to take the Sears Bane. And mm. I honestly, I'd probably take the Helm over the Sears Bane, except for like in the night matchup. The night matchup, I would definitely take the Sears Bane. It is fantastic at killing like that T8 stuff that doesn't have an involved combat. You just want to be like, I want to do 12 wounds to you real quick. Yeah. Um, and you had your guys, if I remember right, um, your guys were not on discs, or was Araman on a no. disc? Uh, Araman was on a disc. Uh, the, the Terminators can't take this, and the Exalted Sorcerer can't be on a disc to do what he wants to do, because you can't use Boon and Mutation on him, and you can't use Veterans of Long War. Uh, that's right, he, because you put him on a disc, he becomes Calvary, right? Not he becomes Calvary and a demon, so all, all the shenanigans uh, you can't really do anymore with him. That's funny. Yeah, it's it's weird how that works, and and he loses his reroll one, doesn't he? Because it's, uh, uh, I think he, or is it I'm just thousand? Sure. It might be like thousand sun suns. I think it's just thousand suns. The demon prince would still give it to him, I know for sure, because it would give it to yeah. him anyway. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure. I think he keeps the reroll. I think I just think it's thousand suns. Gotcha. Uh, what uh, what were your like go to stratagems? Stratagems, uh, definitely the uh, Cycle of Slaughter and Vents of the Long War and the Auto Pass Morale and the Zangors. They were just kind of the solo mode all, all tournament. They just throw one unit amount fully buffed at the enemy. If they kill 29 and there's one alive, I'll still auto pass because that means they're not getting kills on their turn. That's just like huge point swing right there. Right. And then you got the other, the other squad you're bringing in maybe from Deep Strike or something and then you rinse and repeat, right? Yeah. Very cool. That, yeah, that pretty much gave me two or two turns right there, uh, where the characters are just free to do it. But by the time all the Zangors are dead, usually the enemies are so crippled, the Demon Princes and the Smites in the next turn just kind of mop up everything else. Very cool. Are um, what's your opinion on the wings on Demon Princes? Are they pretty much you required? always take them? You always take them. It just uh, just to be able to assault flyers, just to go over walls. Uh, it's it's massive, just simply for flyers. Uh, it's it, it's awful if you ever go against like a flyer list and you just you're like my demon prince can just kill your flyer if he have if I spent you know twenty four points. 
Yeah, that's true, especially with the meta right now. I mean, you face, hell, the list you did face, the Inari one, had five flyers in it. And, you know, we saw Philip was up there in, in third. He had, what's like six or seven flyers in his. And, um, you know, they were there were at least two or three of the Inari lists in the top 20. Were all, they were all based around that format. Yeah, so. they were a pretty big deal. Even without the flyers, just the ability to move over walls, ignore, like, vertical terrain when you're actually moving is pretty big deal just the hills that's six inches trying to go over that hill yeah uh, well i was thinking about the terrain and how tall those those walls were oh, yeah aramon could just like hop over to the other side of the wall and suddenly hey you can't see me anymore and you've got to go so far onto the other side of the board to get around that wall yeah everything in my army just goes just kool-aid man through all the walls because they're either infantry or they fly so one of the things I would have thought in that Yanari matchup that might have been kind of difficult for you was the fact that those flyers, um, when I've played it, um, one of the first things I learned was just that those things could actually work very well as character assassins because they can pretty much just fly like right up next to your dude. Yep. Um, I take it that was something you had to kind of, from like a movement and a screening standpoint, have to deal with. Yeah, uh, so that's that's kind of where it came down to of like why it was just such a hard matchup. The first round I had to like just bunch up all my rubrics around it because between the flyers and all what the the uh, spears could do with all the silvers and stuff, it was just if you wanted to, if you want to get the characters, I had I just willing to sacrifice every rubric for that. Uh, from the next round, uh, that's when I dropped the Zangors in. I had one Zangor unit that I buffed up defensively, and I had him wrapped around all my characters, and then I still tried to assault him with it. Just because of like a thirty-man blob, it was like pretty much across the entire board. Mm -hmm. um, so it's pretty much there that even if he flew the flyers next to it, he flew his uh, one spear unit, all of the shot, everything into that unit, it would still probably survive long enough throughout the entire shooting phase that he still would be able to shoot the flyers at the characters. Yeah, you pretty much just had to survive one round without getting like totally annihilated with sobers because once they're in you've got them close enough that you should be able to yeah. smite, them, smite them off the table, right? Yeah, once, once they're there, I have no issues killing them. It's just a matter of getting them there without them killing my characters. Yeah. Which is um, difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Um, so the Terminator, we know, one of the things I noticed was you didn't take the familiars on your Terminators, or at least on the list it didn't look, it looked like they were on there. Was that just something you didn't really feel like it was worth the extra points? Uh, sort of. I guess I could probably drop, I think, like three Zangors for him. I, I, you could probably do that. Um, there, it's, it's either way. I didn't really need a plus one to cast. For the most part, they're smiting and they're throwing yeah. out like Infernal Gaze. It's Warp Charge, five powers. They're not like super important. Yeah, I guess that makes sense when you when you put that in context. If you're just smiting all day, like great. Every now and then you'll have that big smite, but that plus one is not really raising your chance to get the, the big smite. Any, any more than, you know, marginally, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could take it. It was it would be 18 points, might come up once a game. Right. That makes sense. Were you using the um, the plus two to cast at all for anything uh, when you're yes. within range? Uh, I only used it a couple times throughout it, but I did it always on Infernal Gateway. Anytime I saw them, a bunch up more than like three units, I was plus two to cast. Let's throw an Infernal Gateway at that. Oh, Yeah. Uh, I, I two two times on my my third or fifth game as I overcharged it and it was just like brutal. I did I didn't even need to do it against the custodes because that was the auto win, but it was it was pretty disgusting <laughs> when I was like, all right, and I did twenty mortal wounds in one cast. All your characters, it was just like, 
was this necessary? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it it's most certainly is. And uh, if I remember right, Infernal Gateway for Thousand Suns is, what, 18 inches, right, instead of the 12? Yeah, which is amazing. So, yeah. I mean, potentially you could uh, war uh, familiar it onto Aramin so he gets a plus three to cast. But I just yeah, kept it on the Evil Prince. Yeah, the, um, the, the, the funny thing was I, uh, I was doing the same thing with my Lord of Change in my games. And uh, uh, that 12 inches, I was like, man, like, I, fe <laughs> I felt every inch I didn't have with the Lord of Change that I could have had with like Aramon or, or the Demon Prince. And uh, yeah. Yeah, but, it's, you really is. I'll say that, like that 24-inch smite, it just, that one works well. The 18, you, it starts getting some really awkward stuff. You often are out of range and stuff like that. 24, it's really nice. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so one other thing I th saw was you took warp flame pistols on all of your Rubik's squads. <laughs> yeah. And is that like, just to help with like charges or just to discourage charges? Is it like a psychological thing or? Uh, I guess it's really cheap and across the board, it kind of helps in little places here and there. If I get locked in combat, I don't have to fall back to win that fight. Eventually I can just sit oh, there, yeah. warp flame and punch him in the face of the staff. And suddenly someone that thought I was going to fall back, I'm like, I'm not going to fall back. I'm going to eventually going to win this. And so they have got to run away. Um, it didn't come up too much just because of my matchups. What if I play against like Dark Elder? They start charging the venoms. I'm like, I will beat your venom in combat. Sure, sure. Even if it takes me, you know. <laughs> oh, it only takes about like two or three turns between like the four staff and the, the flame pistol. You actually go through a, a venom pretty damn quick. Wow. Yeah, I guess that. I guess that with the AP two, you get D six shots. You roll. You roll hot on your on your pistol. Yeah, you get a bunch of shots. Wounds. You're wounding them on threes with your four staff. They have poor saves. You're you can do two or three save or two or three wounds to a venom every turn. Then on their turn, they're like, "I need to, I need to go away." Like, <laughs> this is not and, good. And between all the smites that also can kill everything that's tied up with you, you don't have to walk away anymore. You can just kind of sit there and be like, "Sure, we're we're gonna fight it out. We're gonna duke it out." Very cool. Um, what uh, on the? Oh, there was. So on the. Uh, um, topic of the um uh some of the new stuff that that just came out like the noctilith crown you know speaking of psychic powers uh it, is the fortification slot gonna hold that back from really making it into armies nope uh what'll hold it back is target saturation we're as thousand suns we don't have anything else big so everyone brings enough last cans to kill a knight and if we throw a, a crown there and a bunch of infantry the crown's just going to explode on turn one. Like We're like, cool. Uh, that was great. <laughs> if I, if I remember right though, it's got, yeah, I guess, I guess you're eventually going to fail saves and you're just, it's only 14 wounds T8, but it does have that five up inbound. So it's, it's half as durable as a knight in a meta that people are reading the firepower to kill a knight. So speaking of, speaking of that, so the big fact is probably like, a week away. Yeah. Do you think the meta, like with all the chaos stuff, so obviously at Dallas, we didn't have the chaos stuff in play. Um, but it's from, from what I'm hearing, it seems like that's going to be a thing here. Like I would imagine we're going to see an influx in chaos. Does that sound accurate? 
Potentially. Uh, I would say, especially if, like, the, the new big FAQ kind of, like, hurts, like, the Castellan, I do think Chaos is in a really good place. Like, the, uh, I won't be able to use them because I'm going for a few thousand suns from here on, but those, like, those Chain Havocs are just brutal as Slanesh. They're so tempting, right? You put them, put them in a drill, hop out. That's just auto-take. Yeah, you take two squadrons in a drill and, like, you auto win against Gene Sir call it, you auto win against orcs. There's just there's nothing those armies can do against it because you pop out, five guys get out, and you're like, pick up sixty models. And you're like, oh shit, next turn the other five are off pick sixty models up. You're like, what the crap? And you're like, that was like twenty percent of my list that has killed half of yours. <laughs> and they they just have no answer for it. So what is what is thousands thousand sons do against that? Um, our rubrics survive plenty fine in com or if, if the rubrics in terrain will survive it, um, the Zangros will die, but the Zangros should be assaulting when they come out of deep strike. They should be trying to tie things up. Chaos tends to get tied up because they don't have a bunch of fly stuff. Uh, we can still smite them out as long as we don't get caught out too bad by like wherever it pops up. It should be fine. We can play the line of side chains. We can play character shenanigans. Uh, Honestly, all of our power armor survives it pretty well, and our Zangor should be in deep strike. And I and I would assume just having your your rubrics in like uh, the multiple small units like that kind of helps because they can. I mean, they could take the risk of splitting their fire, but if they're there to kill a unit, you know, they really have to focus on one on one unit shooting everything into it. Yeah, that's part of it. Uh, the other part is the, I did it for the sorcerer. The sorcerer is fantastic. The rubrics themselves are pretty much garbage but the sorcerer for his points is honestly just phenomenal um and you also don't have to worry about morale very often as a five-member squad which you do if yeah. you have any bigger like it it feels awful taking morale tests on a rubric squad that's lost more than like a hit, two or three guys You're like this that hurts it hurts the soul to, like lose rubrics by like the handful just the morale right well What's, uh, what are you sticking? It sounds like, so I heard you say you're, you're sticking with thousand suns, like you're playing pure thousand suns. And it sounds like, um, that's where you're going to stay here for, uh, for Alamo, I think is the next one that's coming up. Yeah. Uh, I'll pretty much have close to the same list. I, yeah, I might as well run the same list. It's, it's silly. It's fun. It's, we'll <laughs> see if I can, if I can do five Oh and again and just be like, what's wrong? Is it just like the Rubik meta? Is it just, is this, is this too strong for you guys? Problem? <laughs> Is there a problem? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess one other question is: I saw um, uh, I saw some other players that actually had some pretty big palms of, um, of the Terminators. Uh, had, did you think about using them at all, or is it again just they don't fit the battalion choices that you have? I'm not a super big fan of them. I mean. A lot of things kill them, even fully buffed. Their firepower isn't too amazing for their points. Uh, if they could double shoot, sure. But as, as they kind of come in, yeah. most armies can deal with them. We don't. We'll see if someone makes a use of them, but I don't think in a pure Thousand Suns list they really have a huge thing. Yeah, it's kind of a shame the um, the power swords on them kind of... When when I've played with them, I guess the, the effect I've seen is that they come in, they can shoot something, and they might they might leave a dent, but then if they get into combat, it's just like, <laughs> you know, terrible. Well, if you're going to put them in combat, you probably, you're going to want to use the Dark Matter Crystal with them to get out in case they need to. 
Uh, I mean, the best thing you could do with them, the beta bolter rule actually helps them massively because they can come in, kill enemies far down the, like the just far oh, back yeah. units, and then assault like the closest unit. That way, between all the prescience and all that, like they can actually do a reasonably good amount of damage right there. Uh, it's just, it's kind of a perfect storm. Even their perfect storm isn't too impressive compared to like some other things like blood letter bombs and stuff. Right, right. Those just go all out. Very cool. Um, are you, any other tournaments you're going to this year? You got Alamo, obviously, Houston, Austin. Uh, you, you think you're going to make an appearance out in El Paso? No, not El Paso. That may as well be a different state for us. That's, like that. <laughs> That's way out there. It's easier to go to, like, the Oklahoma City one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, but just sticking to the, to the Texas tournaments this year, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, I probably won't be going out to, like, LV or anything. A while i just went out that one time just because like you know what fine i'll finally go you guys <laughs> well we'll have to put some pressure on you later this year because if the <laughs> rubrics if the rubrics successfully troll the entire texas circuit then you know we might have to find a way to just say look y- you only got that that rung that one bar higher like let's just go troll lbo with the rubrics and oh, that'd you know. be funny i just want to see vincent and like nick yower going out there like lbo and be like God, you don't understand rubrics. Oh, the, the nightmares. <laughs> no, it's gonna be like you guys are strange and crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what you're talking about, and then they they, they fight the rubrics. Oh God, it <laughs> <What laughs> doesn't it? make sense. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Well, uh, that's that's pretty much all I uh, all I had for questions for you. And uh, thanks again for you know taking a few minutes and. You know, just letting us pick your brain a little bit. I'm sure. I'm sure everybody was kind of interested to just kind of hear from hear from the horse's mouth, like how this actually worked. And you know, I know on a couple other podcasts, it was real funny to just hear him kind of like, "What is this list? What like, this? how did yeah, this yeah. even win?" <laughs> it, it wins based on line of sight. You just basically force your enemy into some really weird situations of you're not really killing them very fast but they're not really doing anything to you and you're like eventually you have to assault my rubrics that just it blows their minds they like you don't want to be in combat but you can just smite everything to death at that point yeah the the um yeah the more i think about it like they're it doesn't matter really in essence how much ap they have because if it's one damage i mean great that you're swinging at terminators basically and yeah you know i have a good chance of saving it but even if i don't Great. It, I've got <laughs> six other rubric squads here. So that really was is. I mean, there's not a whole lot of armies that as long as they're not being shot, there's very little that really threatens them. Even like Gene Sir called or something that hits them. They're gonna be like, cool, we survive. There's very little melee threats in the game against rubrics. So another question just popped into my head. So what happens when you fight so do you remember the the Ziggurat board that we had at Dallas? Yeah. Uh, it didn't have a lot of line of sight blocking terrain. What do you do when you get stuck on a map like that? Uh, so the first turn is the really awkward one. Uh, luckily, we were able to start out, out of line of sight on that one. Um, you'd want to try to deep strike or try to like crystal one of the rubric squads into a place that doesn't have line of sight. Potentially, if there's really no line of sight in the middle of the board, you might have to keep your all your characters still hiding with everybody in the their building. And you'll have to wait till turn two until the Zangors come out. Um, it just depends on how much firepower the enemy has. I mean, if you can just advance all the rubrics up and they don't have enough firepower to kill them, and you're like, sure, whatever, 
that gets your middle of the board controllable with his anglers come in, and then you go from there. How do you think you'd do against like Acadian Acadian list where they had tons of guardsmen and then like a bunch of tank commanders back behind it, and in a way they're kind of playing a similar game. Uh, provided I have line of sight in the middle, I can definitely do some bad things to them. Uh, it's just a matter of as long as one of the Zangor units comes in and it, it makes one of those assaults, it can get really bad for the uh, the IG player, just because you can wipe out like sixty guardsmen and still like capture another unit and just kind of sit through with 30 Zangors in the middle of their deployment. And you're like, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, I guess if you if you get the Zangors touching the the tanks, it's pretty much over at that point because oh, yeah. unless unless he's just got tank commanders that can say, you know, I think it I think they can get back in the fight. Um they can get the guards in back back in the fight and all that. Uh the tanks can't. But they really I mean if once you get Zangor blobs stuck in the enemy deployment and they like stuck in combat that they can't do anything about you're like cool uh you basically won the game because you don't want the zangors to leave you can just smite everything to death at that point and or at least enough that you're winning kill more because they can't shoot anything that's true that's that's that works pretty well that way so your goal is basically just lock the zangors up with something like you're you're talking about surrounding something so they can't fall back and locking them up right yeah uh, yeah, the, the game plan is pretty much always either give them either the Zangors the only target or give them no targets because the Zangors are locked up. Very cool. Well, Matt, congratulations again. And uh, thanks again for taking taking some time to go through this. And uh, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll get a chance maybe uh, a little bit later this year to sync back up and uh, talk a little bit more about how, uh, how this list trolled the, the, the rest of Texas. Yeah, we'll, we'll see uh, if, if this works out at Alamo. For sure. I'll see you there, man. All right. See you, man.